Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. And you know, this is a very important time, I feel, that we need to shift our focus from reality TV and entertainment and focus on something that's very, very important and very dear to me and so many people right now, and that's the Black Lives Matter movement. And today I have a very special guest who I had the privilege of chatting with on her podcast, Boy Mom Hustle, and her name is Kiana Baldwin. And she is a wonderful black podcaster and mother. And I have loved just getting to know her and growing our friendship and supporting each other on social media and through podcast life. And we're going to have a frank discussion on how to talk to our children about racism and basically just overall what's going on right now. So, Kiana, welcome to the show. Yay! Thank you, Erin. <laughs> Thank you. That was so sweet. I appreciate that. I'm so grateful to social media for having us meet. Can you remember exactly how we met? Did we meet on one of those Facebook podcast groups? Yeah, it was a podcast group, and I was just looking for moms and for dads who wanted to just help with those tips and tricks. I mean, like we have said in our first season, we don't know everything, but we can lean on other parents to help us. So that's what we were trying to do. And you were so open with your sleep coach. And that was super exciting. And I think it was meant for us to meet. Like, just for many reasons. But, yeah, we most definitely met in a podcast group. And you were super sweet. And we just went from there. Oh, my gosh. Well, I could say the same about you. And I had so much fun on your show chatting about sleep coaching. And that was just awesome. You and Jen were so welcoming and wonderful, and I'm so glad we're able to collaborate again on this episode. Me so too. thank you so Me much for, for being here, and I thank social media for bringing us together. So and thank you for having me. Of course. It's my pleasure and an honor. So it's hard to kind of dive in where to dive in, right? I mean, there's so much going on. I think that it's important to kind of get your perspective on what's happening, how you've been feeling, just everything. I'd love to hear from you, how you feel about when you see posts that are all about All Lives Matter or this about this or about that, and they're not taking this seriously. Tell us how you feel about that and what we can do as white people, as non-POC. Just help us out, please. (laughs) Right, right, of course. Okay, so for me, it's a little like, strange for me because I mean I grew up around everyone always diverse my mom always made sure you know I you know got along with everyone was able to be around everyone and that's just how I grew up so I knew about racism obviously from history and all that but you know it's really sad when certain white people don't understand that this was never their country to start with you know and we were never meant to be taken away like we were but it happened so it's really unclear to me what makes white people think that they're so much better than black people when they brought us here you know so that's that's the first thing I, I I'm confused I don't know what happened and how come everyone thinks it's, it's like some other like story but it's in history books like that's what it said like it took from Africa made them slaves and then we are the ones who no one likes, which, again, I don't get. So the fact that it's so open, it's really hurtful because if we have all these friends, right, and half of our really good friends, and we don't realize it, actually are racist, and they, and they could care less about if someone else black dies, but if I die, it's different because they know me, but it's like you can't take which black people you want to like and to love and be friends with like you like you just can't pick and choose so so the fact that we're in this time and there's people who are so open with it and they really believe that that all lives actually matter but the black ones don't matter doesn't make sense to me because at the end of the day we did really build this country you know so it's like technically what we are burning down although i don't support it is what we help build. Again, don't support it, but I understand. You know what I mean? And I, I, I hate to say that, but when you have these little kids watching all of this stuff on TV, like if they're actually watching, 
or if, or if their parents, unfortunately, are bringing them to these protests, which I would never do, but that just sounds super dangerous. But it's just when you have your kids watching things like this, it's like, how do you explain to them that their white friends, that their parents, you know, could really care less if you live or if you die because they aren't for everyone black. They're only for who they know. And that goes for black people, you know, the white people, because everyone has their own issues, you know? For example, with my friend, I won't use my name, but I had a friend in the sixth grade, and we were really close. We went to middle school together, and it was Long Island, New York, and everyone seemed pretty nice. I was the only black person, I want to say in the whole school, but there may have been a couple other ones who I really just never saw, but... It was all of us, you know, and I was about to say that we were pretty close, but in a recent event, she has the people in her family who are cops, and I got uncle who's a cop. I, I get it. No one is saying that cops don't matter. Cops' lives don't matter, but they're cops. It's a job. It's not something that's permanent. Like, you won't be a cop forever, but you will be black forever. You know, you won't be a mailman forever, but you'll be white forever. So it's like, I don't think people are really understanding that when you're comparing a black person's life to a cop's life, it's, okay, I gotta put this, it's wrong in so many ways, but it's worse when you believe that the cops really aren't actually doing, I'm sorry, when the cops really actually aren't doing something and you see it happening, and honestly, I'm really sad that we have to go through all this to speak up, but, so, like, I love everyone, okay, but when I'm in these places that are predominantly white people that may or may not like me, I'm always on edge, and here's one example, we were in West Virginia, it was me and Dash. Dash is your son, um, at, your son, and he's, my son. how old is he again? He's four, this would have been okay, last year, when he was three, mm-hmm. so, we had went to a sheep at the gas station and you know I was a little on edge you know I, I, I don't really visit states like this but I've been there before so it seems okay and he just turned around and he hugged this white man behind me and I was terrified for so many reasons so I'm like what if this man doesn't like black people what if this man takes my kid and like throws him across the floor like I was so terrified mm-hmm. but when he hugged him back I was like oh Thank goodness, you know, like, it was was, was a little scary, but I also have lived in the South for most of my life, too, so it's like, that could have gone a lot worse than how it was, but thankfully, he was was a nice man, and there was no issue, but I mean, it's not fair to us or for our kids to be scared to be around normal human beings, you know, like, it's just not fair. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm so sorry that our society has put those thoughts in your head and and that it's real you know that's the very real thing that could have definitely have Mm -hmm. happened so your your fear is not unfounded and that's what's so sad and so upsetting I'm so glad you brought up the point that you know going back to what you said before that you're right black people were in Africa and we're the ones that took black people out of their home and brought them to America. Right. You all did not right. get on boats by yourself and come to America. Right. Like I think that's very important right. to point out. And then once we had you in America, you became our slaves and our property. Right. Why did we feel that we could make people into property? Like why? I don't understand how we can look at another human being and think, oh, this is going to be our property, that this is not another human being. That did not make any sense right. to me. It never will, right? All the memes we're seeing, you know, I'm white. I understand that I will never understand. And I and I believe that, right. you know, because it's true. Right. But I can still have empathy and I can still feel pain for what you all have experienced for so long. And I think right. it's, you know, speaking of police officers, and you bring that up, a police officer chooses that profession. That is a person right. who chooses to be a police officer. You do not mm-hmm. choose to be black. God made you black. Right. Right. That is very important 
to point out. And no, we are not saying mm-hmm. all cops are bad. Absolutely not. Right. I have so many right. friends who have husbands or wives that are police officers that are wonderful individuals that are trying to fight against this systemic racism mm-hmm. that we have in place. And I applaud right. them. I applaud them. But right. there are a lot mm-hmm. of officers who are not that way. Right. And it's all coming to light right now. Right. Right. And I think the biggest thing that most people aren't realizing is being a racist person is a choice. Let's be honest. The thing that for the people who are raised to be that way, I don't understand how anyone would want their kids to hate someone because their skin color is different. That's ridiculous because at the end of the day, that kid, that black kid, that black boy or black girl is going to grow up to be a doctor, a dentist, a cop, hopefully a great cop, you know, a Mm -hmm. firefighter. But when you need help, if that's the only person who's, who's here to help you, would you rather just say, I don't want them to help me? Or... Would you just get over it and be like, they're here to help me. Why do I not like this person who's here to help me? And they don't even know me. And that's the thing that really gets to me. And how do I put this? I think when someone chooses to grow up racist, I think it's obviously, it's a white pride type of thing for me. Like, there's no way you just want to be racist. There's no way you just want to hate people. Because they're a different color than you. Like, there's no way. But it's sad because although this right now is a white on black matter, there is still racism within each of our own races, which is also upsetting because I'm pretty sure that almost every person, black or white, if they're in middle class or high class and they come across whoever in a trailer park, if that's the case, and they're doing all this other stuff, they're not going to receive that person too well. So I think it's important for us to realize that, yes, we we want to fight for everyone, but I think we also need to start to love everyone and not just who we want to love. That goes for everyone. Because as of right now, everyone's picking and choosing who they want to speak up for, who they want to love, who they're deciding actually matters in the world. Not everyone matters. We're all human. That's what should matter, not the skin color. But again, some just don't understand it. I don't know how they understand it, but they don't. So, (laughs) yeah, here we are. Yes, and the judgment is so harsh. You know, people are so judgmental. It just makes me Mm -hmm. sick. Some of the comments I see on my Instagram posts, Honestly, sometimes I write back and sometimes I just delete it because I'm like, you know what? I don't need this in the world. I don't need to be reading this. This does not need to even be spoken. I think I I posted one post about how to end racism in a minute or something like that. Like it was a very powerful video. And someone literally posted, what about NASCAR? And I'm like, can I like hunt you down right now? Because that is so... And I, I don't know if they were joking. It doesn't even matter, right? I just deleted it because I'm like, your comment doesn't even deserve to be acknowledged. acknowledged. Thank you. Exactly. So right. going back to what you said about being raised to be racist, this is exactly why. And I'm going to put a disclaimer out there because if my family is listening, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because this right. is why I am so incredibly passionate about Black Lives Matter and being anti-racist. It's not just enough to be non-racist, right? You need to be anti-racist. If you look at my social media, that is exactly what it represents. You can agree. You've been seeing my Facebook posts, right? Right. Right. I'm being actively anti-racist. So right. I was raised by one family member to be very racist. From a very young age, I was told I could not play with black little girls or little boys. I could not have them over to my home. I mean, I mm-hmm. tears well up in my eyes when I think about all the wonderful people that I could have been friends with right when I was younger. And I right. was not allowed to be friends with them. Of course, I was still friends with them at school or when people right. who were not influencing me, you know, weren't around. But as I grew mm-hmm. up, I had to lie if I was at a black friend's house. I had to lie if I was at, you know, a party with black people. Like, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. be open and honest about it. It made me sick. Right. 
and right. angry, you know, because that's mm-hmm. that's unacceptable. But I still loved them for who they were, you know. And and even though right. I was taught to be intrinsically racist mm-hmm. and had these like seeds planted in my head, I pushed against that. I pushed against that. And I, right. I thank God every day that I'm not racist and that I now am anti-racist because of the education right. that I've given myself, you know, through books right. and movies and just not being afraid to watch what's happening and learn. Because right. I think all of us, to some degree, had blinders on, right? Because right. Mm-hmm. white privilege is something that we just, as white people, you just have, right? You just have it. But if you own it... And you start talking about it and you can turn it around and it in a good way to right. educate people, to make posts, to protest, whatever it is, whatever you want to do with that and not say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm white. This isn't my problem. I don't have to deal with this. Right. You know, it doesn't affect me. Problem. Exactly. And that's what I'm choosing, yep. actively choosing not to do. So as much as this might hurt family members, you know, and I had other family members also that were very racist and I wish I had spoken up a little bit more. You know, I really wish I had Mm -hmm. said, hey, look, you can't talk about people about a race that way. Like you can't categorize an entire race that way. Like that's wrong, you know, but I promise you my kids will not grow up to have these racist ideals because I am. Mm-hmm. very much teaching them that you love everyone regardless of their skin color. In fact, we had an interesting discussion the other day. Mommy has a lot of freckles. I just have freckles. I'm I'm Irish. You know, I'm light-skinned. We've never met in person, mm-hmm. but you've seen photos of me. I'm very light-skinned. Right. A lot mm-hmm. of freckles. And I told my kids, I said, and they have freckles too, right? And I would say they're mm-hmm. cute and whatever. Everyone loves freckles, right? But I said, look no. how dark a freckle is. And I have a few very dark ones on my arm. I said, look how dark that freckle is. If your whole skin was your freckle, like if your skin was covered in freckles, you'd be as dark as a black person. And it literally right. is the same thing. It's literally just melanin right. in your skin mm-hmm. making you darker. Right. That is the only difference. So if you sat outside right. in the sun, you would get darker, would you not? When you get a tan. Right. Same type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little light bulb went off in their head and they're like, oh, these people just have more freckles. And I'm like, yes, they're exactly the yep. same. <laughs> and, you know, for me, right. it was just a very easy way to explain how we're all the same. And it just clicked. And it made me right. so happy. And it made my heart so happy. So I had to share that right. with you. But that when... was really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but when people ask me why I'm so passionate about this, you know, as hard as it is to say, I was raised to be racist, and that's why I'm so incredibly passionate about this. Right, and honestly, that's really great. And I actually have two things that I want to say, and I don't want to forget, so I'm going to start the first one. So the first one, it was this post, and it was this white man. The post said, I actually think I had shared the post yesterday, but it said, I am a racist. And he literally went, and he explained everything, and it wasn't super long, but at the end of the day, he said, I'm a racist, but I acknowledge I'm a racist, and I am trying to be, I'm trying to not be that person, I'm trying to be better. Oh. He literally said, if, if you feel that your skin color makes you better, then you're racist. Like, it was just a whole thing, honestly. That's, like, I'm open to be racist, admitting they're racist, but wanting to wanting to still do better, you know? Right, right. Like, I, I will accept anyone as long as they realize their flaws and they want to fix it. But if someone's just, like, a, like a plain racist, I'm like, you know what, I don't really care because, you know, I'm better than you, then you know what, I will let you have that, you know, because you have not been educated enough because I was living in Oregon. I did have a boyfriend. He was white and Mexican, and he had a daughter. It's a whole story, but the daughter's mom was black. And I want to say, I think the mom may have been white and black, but she looked black. But one day, it was me and him and Dash and his daughter. At the time, she was four. Dash was two. And I don't quite remember what caused this this topic to, to happen, but she actually said that Dash is the color he is because he's dirty. So my thing is, if you're four or if you're or like if you're five, and your mother, 
she looks black. I'm guessing she's either black or she's black and white. If your mother is sitting here telling you that black people are black because they're dirty or, I mean, you've heard it from someone. I don't know who. I hope it wasn't her mother. Because honestly, when you hate your own race and you hate yourself, that's an even bigger problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's... I'm happy that Gash did not understand and that he wasn't at the age to understand. But that hurt because I'm like, man, how many other kids are going to tell my son something, mm-hmm. you know, because this little girl, although she was black, she looked like she was mixed with something else, and she didn't really look black, so I could see, you know, how she would be confused, but if you have a black mother who's not trying to educate you on what skin color really is, and that's another problem, and that's coming from a black woman, so it's like, everyone at this point really just needs to just take a step back and look at themselves, because Honestly, they're part of the issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that it's important, too. One of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you today is just to discuss how do we talk to our children about racism. Right. I have to give a big right. shout out to CNN and Sesame Street because just over yes. the weekend, they had the town hall forum to discuss racism with children. And I love that they took that initiative. You know, I love that they are helping us parents talk to our kids about racism because it isn't something we want to sweep under the rug. It's something we do need to have out in the open and discuss and all of this. And, you know, there's so many beautiful books out there. I mean, I have to throw out Mm -hmm. She Persisted is great. It talks about, you know, a lot of the black women who went through the civil rights movement and all of that and what they did to change Mm -hmm. their lives and other lives in the black race in general, you know, for the better. So I think it's very, very important to be incorporating those books and, you know, that information into our daily lives with our children. But how would you, as a black woman, as a black mom, what do you recommend us do as far as educating our children on racism? I mean, I think it's important to, of course, talk with your kids and explain to them that people are just born different colors. And honestly, even the lightest person could still be black, but I think it's also important that we don't hide slavery. Slavery is was a thing, and it's something that's actually really close to me that I don't talk about often, but it's like once you acknowledge that this is how the world became the way it is today, then you can work from there. So it's important to tell your kids, hey, everyone is born different no one is the same everyone is special and then at that point because I honestly I don't think my mom's ever had had a talk with me like that before and I've never actually experienced racism before so I think it's just important to just make sure that if you see something happening or if your kid is telling you about something that's happening then it's important to talk with someone about it, you know, and then, and then explain to your kid why that is wrong. Because even if we just sit here and observe and say nothing, like you said, silence is still saying something. So just be open with your kids and just explain, you know, this happens, but you can be way better than this. All you have to do is just treat everyone equal. You don't discriminate or you don't treat anyone wrong because they're not the same color as you. And honestly, that's, exactly what I'm telling my son because yes you know he is he is black but it's important that we have a talk with all of our kids because they all need to know what's happening why it's happening so they can be a lot better than us and they can do better than us as a human race as a whole because soon you know it's going to be their turn and yes I hope that we are able to get this all flipped around so then when it's their turn, they're able to speak up and get the racist out. But that's up to us as parents. So just communicate with them. If you see something or if they see something like on the news, explain to them, hey, this isn't right. This is wrong. Like, I think it's important that parents say what's right and what's wrong. A lot of kids grow up and don't know the difference. And it's a parent's job. So explain to them talk with them thank you so much yeah I completely agree I think it does start in the home it has to start in the home uh-huh. and like yeah. I said I was raised to view people differently yeah. even poor people we you know I I was raised in a very affluent 
middle class, middle, middle to upper class family. I'm right. the oldest of five and my dad had a wonderful job with IBM and then again and then later with Lexmark and was able to provide mm-hmm. everything we needed. And my mom mm-hmm. took that as we were better than everyone, right? She had that right. superiority complex and I saw it and I, you know, and, and she's she's very narcissistic. And it, I've never talked about this on my podcast before, but it's important, I think, to know right kind of where i came from and and what kind of motivates me and and what has made me who i am i am nothing like her and i'm grateful for that you know and i I do like i said i love everyone but i was not taught to love everyone i was taught that we were better that because of our skin and because of the money that we made or whatever we were better than others and i never ever Mm -hmm. believed that i never wanted to believe that so I'm grateful right. that I that I don't, you know, but it's so right. important to talk to our kids about that. And something mm-hmm. happened that was really upsetting the other day with my son who is 5, he just turned 5. We were on out school, mm-hmm. which is like a video class, mm-hmm. like a Zoom website, which is great and I highly recommend. There's so many different classes for every age level. It's really awesome, especially now. And especially if you're still under lockdown, it's the perfect thing to do with your kids and to have them Mm -hmm. do these classes. So anyway, you can go and you can watch like little preview videos of the teacher before you take the class. And my son Mm -hmm. wanted to do that. And I said, sure, you know, whatever, because he wanted like a high energy teacher. And I get that. He's used to that. But we started watching these intro videos. And the minute that I would play a video and the teacher was black, he said, no, mom, I don't want that teacher. And I was like, you haven't even heard her speak. Like you literally, she literally said hi. And then you're like, Mm -hmm. no, mom, I don't want her. And I said, why? Why don't you? This could Mm -hmm. be a wonderful teacher. Why would you just decide that? And he said, she just doesn't look like me. She looks different than me. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. It was a teachable moment. And I told him that just because she looks different than us doesn't mean she's not a wonderful teacher. And I said, please, can we just watch the video? And he watched it all the way through and said, oh, I like her. She seems nice. And I said, yes, thank you. And then as we went on to look at other teachers, if they were white, if they were Asian, if they were black, you know, I told him to just listen to the whole video before he decided. And he finally understood oh, this teacher could be nice and she doesn't have to look like me, you know, but I took it as an absolute teachable moment. And I think that mm-hmm. us as parents, we have to use those moments when they come not to, I could have just been like, okay, sure, no problem. We'll go on to the next teacher. But what would that have been teaching right. him? You know, it would have been, exactly. it would have been mm-hmm. enforcing what he was thinking in his head. Well, she's different. So I don't want her. I want someone who looks like me, who looks like mom, right? Right. Right. So I, I thought that was very important to bring up. There's one thing that I saw. So there was a little chart, and I actually, I, I posted this, so you may have seen it on uh, my Facebook. There's a chart that came out by Curious Parenting. It was at Curious.Parenting. And it was okay. basically comparing being an inclusive parent versus being an anti-racist parent. So I think it's really interesting to know the difference. I think we all as parents want to be inclusive parents, right? We want to make sure that we teach our children that people matter more than a skin color. Very important. Make sure their child's library is racially diverse. So like I said, mm-hmm. including those books that do talk about slavery and abolition and civil rights and all of that. Share movies and shows featuring people of color with their kids. You know, not shying away from that. No Disney movies come to mind right now. Well, I guess the, uh, what, The Princess and the Frog? That was a a black princess? Okay. Talk about privilege and what it means. So that's being an inclusive parent. Now listen to what it is to be an anti-racist parent. Teach their kids that skin color deeply affects how people view us. Very important intentionally include books that go beyond slavery and the civil rights movement. Use media to point out examples of racism and stereotypes. So not shying away from what's happening, not not shying away from the protesting and everything else that's happening and going on. And the last is give children contextual examples of their privilege, like being able to shop without being followed. I mean, Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that something that you as a black person deals with? So I think it's also important to, I guess, understand. So yes and no. So I think it all depends on the area. So okay. I keep reading about about L.A., right? And L.A., some of the Asian community can be extremely racist 
towards the black people, but it's the area. If it was more black people who said, look, if you don't even trust that I'm not going to steal from you because the color of my skin, then I don't need to shop here. But again, it's those areas. That's a good point. I don't think, and and like, and if I have, I'm a very vocal person. So I will say, hi, is there a problem? But I've never experienced that. But I think when you are in certain areas, that is a very big issue. And even some places that, like, I may have been, I will say hi to someone who just keeps staring at me. I don't care if you own the, the whole place. You can either ask me to leave or you can just keep watching me until I'm done mm. doing what I'm doing. But, like, like, it's never like they're, like, walking around the store. It's just they're watching from behind the counter. But the thing that people don't understand, you cannot judge a book by its cover. Because there's some people who I wouldn't think in a million years I would ever talk to or like just because of how they look. And not like skin color, just like in general. But when you actually get that smile out of them, then it's like, okay, you are being ridiculous. Why don't you like this person, you know? But there's always going to be the first impression of someone. And I don't think it's something that you should use to be scared of another race. It's just more to be aware that they really don't like me because of how I look and I know to not associate myself with that person. But it's hard when it goes to the stores. A lot of people, a lot of businesses have what we want, you know? But it's like, you have to be in those areas. Because like I said, I've never actually experienced it, but it is a real thing. I don't want to say it's not because I haven't experienced it. A lot of things are real, but I haven't experienced. And I've just always been the type of person who would just speak if i'm being stared at i will speak to you and then at that point everyone ends up like oh you know hey how you doing because because you know you start seeing me more often i talk you talk it's just a thing of not being socially aware of how black people are you know what you see on the news but not like if someone comes into your store you don't assume that they're gonna steal some people do but not everyone steals so you can't group every black person in the same exact column, but you can't also say that for every black person in this place, they're going to experience it. And that's also really important to understand that not everyone experiences something. Most do, but not everyone. And again, I may have experienced something, but I don't acknowledge a lot of things that aren't positive to me. So... Something could happen, I may have moved on, you know, but that's also me being silent. So I think it's important that you're just aware of where you are, who you are around, and the people who whose store you're in. Because they might not like you at all just because you're black. Don't shop there. Leave. But a lot of black people are like, well, it's, it, you know, it's in my neighborhood. Who cares? Go somewhere else. Yeah. So everyone has to change with it. But it is a thing, just not something I've experienced. I think that, you know, that was just one example. I think there's so many things that white people take for granted to be able to do every day. And we just have to acknowledge that because we're white, we're able to do this. And, you know, we might get out of a speeding ticket. We might get a better seat in some restaurant or something like that. There's the one post, and I'll read this really quickly, but this really affected me. And, and I, I did post this because it was it was heartfelt. I can walk alone. I can plan a party. I can ask the police a question. I can cash a check. I can take out my wallet. I can hold a hairbrush. I can party on New Year's. I can walk home. I can play loud music. I can ask for help. I can sleep. I can breathe. I can shop at Walmart. I can walk from the store. I can play cops and robbers. I can run. I can live. I can go to church. I can get a traffic ticket. I can have car problems. I can sell CDs. (laughs) CDs. I can lawfully carry a weapon. I can stand next to my car. I can read a book. I can leave a party. I can have a cell phone. I can relax in my own home. I can look out of a window. I can go jogging and I won't be murdered. Right. 
all of that is white privilege, to be honest, and how sad that it is. Mm -hmm. Those are basic human rights that we all should have and why we are doing what we are doing, protesting and all of that. And I have to say, as a parent, as much as I want to be protesting, I'm absolutely it's it's hard, right, as a parent, because like you said, you don't oh, want to bring your children to a protest. Now, I know a lot of my friends have brought their children to protest, and I thank God that they've been peaceful protests. But at any moment, they could right. be violent protests. And uh-huh. I just feel, and people can give me hell about this, you know, that's fine. But in my heart, I feel that where I am safest and where my children are safest are with me. And if I don't feel safe bringing them to a protest, because I have always said to my children, my number one goal in life is to keep you safe. I have always said that. If you ask either of them at any time, they will say, they will repeat that back to you because they have heard that since they were little, little itty bitty. So for me to bring them to a protest, though they say it's peaceful, it may not be. Yeah. It takes one person to change that from a peaceful protest to a violent protest. And I'm not willing right. to take that risk. So do I right. experience white guilt over that? Absolutely. Do I want to be there protesting what's happening? 100%. Yeah. But if I'm not going to protest, I'm at least going to educate myself and others. And I will tell you right. that there are so many great documentaries out there. I just want to throw these out real quick. 13th on Netflix is completely eye-opening about the prison system. Completely eye-opening. When They See Us, I haven't seen it, but Ben Higgins, my favorite bachelor of all time, he has vehemently recommended watching that. So I definitely want to want to watch that for sure. And there's just so much out there that we can educate ourselves and just learn what is going on, how we can help, and just turn our way of thinking and I think a lot of us don't even realize like you said we don't even realize that we're racist you know if it's that basic as what you said if it's just you're judging people based on their skin color or you think you are better based on your skin color you are racist it's really it's just Mm -hmm. a definition is it yes or is it no if it's yes try to be better just try to be better. Exactly. Do better. You know, exactly. know better, do better. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always say to my kids. If you don't know any better, I can't really be upset with you, right? But once you know better and right. you still choose to do the wrong thing, then yes, mm-hmm. that is not okay. Know better, do that's better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, when I was thinking about that one post about the man that, you know, he's a racist. But then when you actually read it and, and you understand what he's saying, and if you still don't understand at that point, you you just don't want to understand. I just want you to know that you should not feel bad that you aren't able to go out there because of your kids. Because honestly, I, like, I get it. I can't tell you what you know you should feel guilty about, but I can tell you is that you are doing the right thing. By educating people, and honestly, I I wouldn't want to bring my kid, even if I could bring my kid, because I don't want to have to worry about me and him. And I have had a few friends who are like, you know, you should you should go out there. And I'm like, why would I go out there when I can sit here and I can educate at home where I'm safe? I can put those people out there. I can do the work on my end because I, at the end of the day. And I want you to remember this and any of your listeners that everyone who is out there, they understand some people just can't be out there. So they're also speaking up for us, too. So don't feel bad if you cannot, because honestly, we're in this together. And I keep seeing it's everyone versus the racist. Aaron, me and you are everyone. Okay, so (laughs) do not ever feel any way about you not being able to go because I choose not to go. I feel bad about it because I would, I'm would. i not that person. I'm not really like, I don't like to be in large crowds because I can't trust the next person to not do something or I can't trust the cop to not do something. I can trust myself to say to myself, but I think I can do a lot more at home where I can get the information out there. Okay. And then the people on the front lines, they're the ones who can really stand up 
Well, thank you for saying that. That makes me feel better. I have wrestled with that since the beginning. And, you know, people have asked me, why aren't you protesting? And it's just, it upsets me for sure. But I think also just by having this podcast is also doing my part as well. Right. And you know what? It really is. And I'm so proud of you for wanting to take that step, even if there are people who are not going to be happy that you are. It doesn't matter what they think. It matters about what's right. And I appreciate you for keeping up for us because at this point, if you guys don't do it, how far will we really get? I mean, yes, we can do a lot, but it needs to be more than us. Yeah. Not just us. Thank you so much for your support. I think it's it needs to be said that there were protests going on in 50 states and 18 countries, mm-hmm. maybe even now more. Yep. This was just a stat like a couple of days ago. But that is the largest civil rights movement in history. So we are literally making history. We are literally changing things for the better because, you know, now George Floyd's all four of the perpetrators are now, you know, accused or what am I trying to say? Yeah, charged. Thank you. Yeah, they're charged. And even though I think it should be first degree murder, still having, you know, having it elevated to second from third is still progress. And then having the other officers who are around be indicted is also progress. So we have to be happy about that, at least the progress that we're seeing. And hopefully it is a direct result from, you know, what has been happening in the the past few days. And then Breonna Taylor's case was reopened. And that Mm -hmm. hopefully will result in the same type of justice being served. So we are making a difference. We just have to keep going. I mean, that quote where whatever you are doing, just keep your foot on the gas. I keep posting it because it is so important. We cannot let up. And I have gotten so many comments about you're just supporting this because it's a trending topic. And once it goes away, your feed will go back to bachelor stuff and reality TV and all of that. And, and no, my, my feed will never be the same. I will always have this passion in me to do whatever I can for the movement And I will incorporate that into my platform because it is that important. And right now, it's more important than anything. Right. And I most definitely agree with you there. And, you know, when there are those people such as yourself who are trying to use the platform that usually gets them heard doing something else, when when they actually speak up and all of their listeners start to tune in, then at that point, that's when the word really gets across. Because, I mean, honestly, when you grow up in the South, you have to always give someone the benefit of the doubt, even if you don't want to. So there's someone who is listening to you, but they don't really know how to take that first step. Honestly, I think everyone just needs to give the next person benefit of the doubt because honestly, you can't go around thinking everyone is below you because eventually it can end up really bad. So I just think for some people, just give them the benefit of the doubt as they're listening and they're racist. Just believe that if you want to change, then you can change, you know, but you have to be willing to be open and that's what your podcast is going to do well at least these episodes those platforms are the one that we need someone to speak on because how are we going to reach that young boy or young girl in the middle you know of arkansas you know like how are we going to reach them so hopefully they're open and they're listening and they're trying to educate themselves so they can give that next person who doesn't look like them the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. And I just, as a white woman, I just want to, you know, say that you don't have to be afraid to own your white privilege. And like I said, you can do good with it. You know, you can really not make it be a bad thing. Like you, it, it can be right. a good thing. And it's important right. to know that. And I have to also say that I started reading a book, White Fragility, I would recommend it to any white person. I think that it's really important to know why we are so scared to talk about race, you know, within our race. It's eye-opening. I mean, I only just started it, and I'll come back, you know, once I finished it and and do a little recap. But so far, I'm loving – 
the direction that it's going. And it's really opening my eyes even more to just the white supremacy that has been in our nation for so long. Well, from the beginning, right? From the right. absolute beginning. Right. And not from the to, very beginning. Yeah. And not to ignore that. And, you know, unfortunately, we have a president who embraces this. And right. it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable. But I love that now he actually has to say his address is Black Lives Matter Plaza. That is amazing. Right. Honestly, <laughs> like we're putting forward that first step. And now it's like, what are the consequences? That's the part that I think we should be looking for. Because yes, that's very exciting. But that's only because she's the mayor, you know, like, yeah, she can do what she wants because, you know, it's her town. At the same time, it's like, hmm, what's going to happen when the next person tries, you know, to mess it up or get rid of it or knock down the sign? You know what I mean? That's the part that the world should be looking for, most yeah. definitely. And anyone who's wondering what the best next step is, honestly, it's mm-hmm. okay if you're being silent, if you're educating yourself, Right. Like, with, right. like mm-hmm. for example, Hannah Brown, you know, she slipped up. What what happened was terrible. She realized what she did. She took a couple weeks, and I feel like that was way too long. But she did yeah. come back, and she did explain mm-hmm. that, hey, I was educating myself. I didn't realize how damaging that was, how it was mm-hmm. a big deal, how it doesn't matter that it's in a song that I should not ever be saying it or singing it. No one should. Right. And, you right. know, if you're silent, please let it be because you're educating yourself. Please let it be because you're right. reading or you're watching a documentary or something or you're spending time with friends or people that you know that can help you identify what is going on in you and just own that. You know, you can be silent, but right. speak up after you have educated yourself. Please don't stay silent. Staying silent exactly. is basically saying you agree with what mm-hmm. everyone is saying. And you don't want to right. be silently agreeing because that's exactly what you will be doing. So don't be right. silent. If you're silent for a, a small time, that's fine. Educate yourself and then use your voice. Please, please, please use your voice after you've educated yourself. So, so many great resources out there. I will post on my show notes. All the books and all of the documentaries on Netflix, it's so easy to educate yourself right now. So please take the time to do that. Thank you so much for listening. Kiana, thank you so much for being my wonderful guest. I have loved this open and honest discussion. It covered all the bases that I wanted to and then some. And I really do feel like it's going to be a great resource to many people who are feeling confused and just not knowing what to do, how to feel. It's okay to not be okay right now, right? It's a crazy time. Uh, We just got out of lockdown and then this. It's so, so much. But we have to recognize that this has always been there. It's just now have a light shone on it. And we're seeing just the intense racism that's happening in our country so yeah we have to all do something at this point exactly to change it exactly and just one more thing of course um i just want to say that for all of the parents listening that we are trying to give our kids a better life and that's for everyone because no one wants to grow up in a world full of hate that's no way to live so it's important to know that this is happening so our kids can grow up to be friends, to be united and love each other. So for anyone who's on the fence, everyone has a matter in this issue. Everyone. It's just making sure that you're saying something and talking with your kids about it because that is most important because eventually we're going to be gone. Our kids are going to be here and we're trying to set that example for them. No, we do not have to be violent, but if that's what it takes to get this word out, Look, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. But I do want there to be peace. I don't want all of the, the craziness. Yes, I know it, it came this far with the violence, but we can do better. We can make sure our kids are better. And that's all I want to say. And Aaron, you have been so great. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And just to come off for what you said, this conversation is just so, yeah, it's it's really hard to wrap it up because there's so many things. But just one more thing. I saw a quote that said, 
who are we to judge how the black race protests against their own genocide? And that is so 100% true because if Mm -hmm. black people feel that they have to be violent to make change, then so be it. You know, I don't feel like I have a voice in that. I don't feel like I can say to someone, it's not okay to loot and to riot because, okay, looting is a little different, right? But that's people right. like taking advantage. Yeah. But the rioting, mm-hmm. you know, but but even so, if that's how they feel, yeah. I cannot say anything about that. And I haven't discussed that yeah. because that is really not my place. And I don't think it's anyone's right. place. I feel like that is their choice. And they ah. were, uh, I like tear up when I think about it. I mean, the, the treatment... Nothing will ever, ever make that better. You know, there could never be. There could never be anything that would make it better, right? It can't go back to history. However they feel they need to protest, it isn't isn't it up to us. It's not up to us to have a say in that. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But anyway, we will have many, many more conversations about this because it's an ongoing issue. And let's just be happy with August that has been made because of what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. We have to keep doing it. And we have to always, you know, be educating our children because they are our future, like you said. So thank you so, so much. I am grateful for your friendship. I am grateful for your voice. And I just, I have all the love for you, girl. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much, Erin, and you keep doing what you're doing, and I appreciate you in so many ways, and I appreciate this friendship, and hopefully we get to meet up soon, so. I know, that would be amazing, and where can they find you on Instagram, Kiana? Your podcast, or your personal, if you want to share with that as well, you know, wherever they can connect with right. you. Right, so my podcast is also Boy Mom Hustle. We are taking a slight break, only because... We're just trying to rework some things, but if anyone does want to reach out on the page website, you're welcome to follow us. Again, that is Boy Mom Hustle. My Instagram is Curls and Sand, C-U-R-L-S-A-N-D-S-A-N-D, Curls and Sand. And if you want to reach out to me there, you're welcome to. But if you go on Facebook, you can message the podcast, that page is there (laughs) okay perfect awesome well you guys thank you so much for listening i really hope this was informational and educating and i absolutely will leave all the wonderful resources that are out there now to educate you and your family and your friends so you can use your voice in the right way on my show notes for sure and as always you can follow me at getting cozy with aaron that's g-e-t-n C-O-Z-Y-W-I-T-H-E-R-I-N on Instagram and, of course, on Facebook, Getting Cozy with Aaron Hill Podcast. Appreciate any feedback that you have, you know, positive or negative. Maybe we can have a, a constructive conversation. I, I welcome that. And just as long as you're open-minded, that's all I ask. And thank you again so much for listening. I appreciate every one of you, each and every one of you. Please share this with anyone who needs to hear this, especially if they are a parent. It's a crazy time right now. We all need to have some guidance with all of this that's going on. So again, once again, I thank you, Kiana, so much for getting cozy with me and discussing racism and discussing racism with our children. And you guys stay safe. Please stay safe. And always stay cozy. Till next time, bye.